0: I am
1: unashamed. What about you?
0: So welcome to Unashamed, uh, the podcast that could, the little engine that, that keeps uh, churning out uh, the Word of God. And we're so excited to have you guys be a part of that. Uh, Jace, a few podcasts ago last week, you were telling about being in Colorado. And you were talking about how some of your jokes didn't quite land. Um with folks, I don't for whatever that, reason. Was that's, a, that's an understatement. A little bit of a disconnect. So, so I guess our some of our crew, Maddie led crew, I guess, got you something um, to symbolize when you have problems in front of audiences. So, you for those who
2: who are listening, I have a gold. <laughs> what kind of shape is this? Kind of a hexagon. One, two, three, four, five six seven yeah eight. eight so the octagon i have an octagon with a black button on it and i think it was given because there's a lot of time in this podcast that we need we need something yeah We need a sound effect
0: because si on the, on the duck call room he's surrounded by noisemakers you know, like he has bells and a, he loves bells. Yeah.
2: He's obsessed with bells. bell. He rings the he bell. He rings the bell. But he is a human noisemaker. Yeah. Just, I mean, he cannot sit still. He pops, he hits stuff, he's thumping, he's jumping. And he wears a watch. He still wears a watch. Which I Why? <laughs> <laughs> what what could Cy si possibly have I to keep time with? I've I've already told you all my stance about older people driving, I think it would help the economy if once you got to about 65, you had to have a chauffeur. (laughs) Because most of the times when you're on the road, it's either somebody on their cell phone that's causing all the problems, or it's someone older, it's a more mature human being (laughs) who's holding it up. And I'm not gonna mention any names, but when you get on interstate, the left lane, Is for passing only. This this is what the signs say. But when you get there and you say, well, I'm going the speed limit, you know, 70, and there are 47 cars behind you. (laughs) Or past you on the right. And you say, nope, (laughs) I'm going the speed limit. it, It causes a dangerous situation. So... Thank you, Jace. It had to be said. I'm so yeah. sorry. So, Sa so shouldn't be wearing a watch. It's the same thing applies. You reach a certain age where you don't need to know what time it is. is I'm that, there. Yeah, you're there. That's just a reminder that it's irrelevant, right? Dad? I mean, what, I have no idea of time,
1: <laughs> the passage of time, mm-hmm. just sitting here.
2: I mean, they say that about football and the NFL, and nobody, nobody, they're not offended, you know, because they say NFL means not for long. Because the average time that you're there is not long. Not long. (laughs) Same thing applies to once you reach maturity. So anyway, I have in my hand, uh, in the spirit of Uncle Si, we have a noisemaker. And I think this is the most needed sound effect on the show. Because there's some things that are said that only this sound applies That's crickets. (laughs) So when I was in Colorado and I told joke after joke for five minutes, proven jokes, because you got to remember when you speak a lot, if you come up with an idea of something that's funny, that has a spiritual principle, right? You know, and I'll pick the forever 21. Here's, here's a store that said, look, we want to get people to believe that if you buy these clothes, you can be 21 forever. <laughs> That's right. Now, where did they get that idea? Where's the only place on earth that you could possibly be forever 21? Does anybody know? The Where's behind. the only place on earth that you possibly, this is a riddle, there's the only place on earth that you could possibly be 21 forever? I would say heaven, but I didn't, I mean, that may be too broad. Well, (laughs) what was Jesus's first message when he began his ministry? What is the first thing he started talking about when he began his ministry? He said, the kingdom is near. It's near. It's coming. Where's it coming? It's coming to earth. He's, He's bringing it. He's bringing it. It's there. So if you're a member of the kingdom of heaven on earth, you're within a group of of however you want to call that. It's more of an organism, a movement, Mm. spirit-filled people. The spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2. People, human beings, could then receive the Holy Spirit of God. Now, that doesn't mean... They have then been changed to forever, 21. But if you have the Spirit of God, Romans eight eleven, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if it's living in you, it will bring life. Fortunately, there. Uh-oh. I a, was
1: interrupting my. Uh, no. Uh, no, I, just, I know. I'm, he's I'm, just adding you, fuel. Add fuel. This, uh, <laughs> the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, and just think about how human beings participate in that, biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, you say, how do you worm your way out of all this? Live by the Spirit. You say, live by the Spirit, what could it mean? And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature if you live by the Spirit, you won't gratify the sinful part. Yep. It's always after. you, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, but you're carrying both of them. Everybody is. But you say- There's a battle, Romans 7. It's a battle. Yeah. You say, but with the Spirit on my side, I've got the upper hand here. That's correct. They're in conflict with each other with, uh, so that you do not do what you want. You say, you know, how am I going to keep from doing all this stuff? But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not even under law. It does not apply. You're led by the Spirit. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. You say, well, what do you don't want to do? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, facts and envy, drunkenness, disorder. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this, no matter who you're claiming or what it is, will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control—boy, what qualities! It can be done. Yeah, all people, all men and women, you can make the switch over, and the way you behave becomes a major part of your life because you know you're in this thing forever. You've been promised. Well,
2: forever, you said forever. it. There's a way to be forever. So the fuel's there, farce. But what I'm saying is, there is a way. So to back up and reset, the how if you put on clothes from this store, because my joke is, I said, "Have you ever been to the store Forever 21?" And a few people nodded their head. Of course, it was. I was in Colorado, and it was all men. Most men are not doing the shopping.
1: Forever 21. As I'll be like I'm 21. That's the
2: name of the store, Forever 21. So then I said- Which once you took
0: the spiritual part out of that, I would never want to be Forever 21 without the kingdom of God because I was an oh. idiot at 21. And exactly.
1: That's some of your I dumbest dumb. maneuvers. <laughs> well, I don't want to be Forever so joke, 21 by a
0: worldly standpoint. 21
1: stuff. is the prime in the <laughs> middle of
2: The joke is, idiocy. I, said, I said, have you been to that store Forever 21? Yeah. It went bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Nobody it's joked. I mean, funny. nobody laughed. So, what did you get? Listen. <laughs> so then, <I> hey crickets, <laughs> I made the point. Jesus lived on this earth for 33 years, he died. And then, all of a sudden, after his death, three days later, he now reappears. And the disciples were looking at him. And there's a story in John 21 where he says, hey, throw your, throw your nets over here. And they knew it was the Lord. And I don't I don't, they
1: caught the fish, right? To add some flavor to your thinking, what's pretty amazing is that if you had to pick a date whereby you had the most trouble And you you, can I find myself after baptizing thousands, I've looked at them, and I've guessed at their age. Their age is about twenty-eight to thirty-three. Yeah, that's when Jesus said, "I'm done here," at thirty-three. Well, by the time a human being reaches the age of thirty-three, it's settled in his mind to a great extent. Who Most, he's going maybe. to follow, the God or the Satan. That's a valid, it's a valid point.
2: point. So my point is my Just point is the only way to forever be 21 if it's a possibility, you would have to figure out who this Jesus is cuz he came back from the dead. Now I don't know how old he was. That's what I failed to quotations. do. At 33 I don't know how old he was when he gathered with his disciples post his death and they had some fish and he wasn't eating that fish to sustain his life. You know, if you don't eat, you will die unless you just came back from the dead. So I would assume that he's eating fish just because he wants to, (laughs) not because he has to. He didn't have to eat it based on its vitamin value. No. No. So the point was that I thought would be funny, it wasn't, crickets. However, when you think about it, it is true. Yep. The only way you're forever gonna be 21 on the earth as a possibility is to be a member of the greatest thing on earth, which would be the kingdom of God, which, well is, which are people who have the Holy Spirit, who have not been resurrected yet. It hasn't, it hasn't taken its final form in eternity. And I don't think you would be an aged, let's say, twenty-one. But the only way that would be possible is the resurrection of Jesus. It's not in a store, and and it proved out when it went bankrupt. How does a how does a Forever Twenty-One how does that become bankrupt? Right. <laughs> so it makes me think of Galatians three twenty-six and twenty-seven. We talked about this last podcast when we talked about the movie, or I guess a few podcasts yeah, yeah, ago last week. when we were talking about the movie for all of you're all sons through faith in Christ Jesus for all of you who have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ or you can think you know galatians 2:20 i've been crucified with christ i no longer live he lives in me so same spirit romans 8:11 same resurrection there's your possibility that that was the point but now i have something cuz all of us say things that we May not understand, and so we have a cricket button. I think it'll be good. Like if Zach drops a big word on us, like exactly, and we don't know what it is. That's where the original idea came from. Because right. Zach, he in his spare time, he evidently studies the dictionary, <laughs> and he's proud. Exactly. And look, I mean, exactly. hey, he he knows more words than I know. But so Zach, this is the
0: new cricket machine for. Both jokes that don't land and or large vocabulary words. Before you respond, let's take a break. So you don't think about it, Jace, but, um, you know, a lot of air travel here lately. One of the things you appreciate when you're having to sit for a long period of time is what kind of underwear that you're wearing. That can make a big difference. Um, it does to me on an airplane or anywhere else in a duck blind. One of uh, the, my favorite things about Tommy John... Uh, is that they don't ride and they don't move around on you, which is really good. We've been talking about Tommy John underwear since, really, the podcast began. I've been wearing them since before they became a sponsor. Uh, they've, they're breathable, they're lightweight, they're moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of all competing brands, so they're comfortable. Uh, they've sold over 20 million pairs. They've got thousands of five-star reviews. And so we love these guys. They said they don't have customers, they have fanatics. They also have the best pair you'll ever wear guarantee, which means there's no downside. Uh, If you get them, you don't like them, you can get your money back, but you're going to love them. Um, So check these guys out. 20% off your first order right now at tommyjohn.com slash fill. That's 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash fill. See their site
3: for details. First of all, can you hear me? Yeah,
2: loud and clear. We hear you, and the whole world hears you. <laughs> that?
3: Yeah, I, I stepped out because I had an emergency at the house. There was a woman screaming at the top of her lungs. I thought something was bad going on. I go outside. I hear her screaming. I can't identify where she's coming from. I call the cops. The cops show up. This all happened while you guys, when I left when I left the last conversation. Yeah. This real time and then i look and then jill her uh her car door's open and she's nowhere to be found so i'm start i started freaking out so make a long story short i i pulled out my pistol I, i'm i'm roaming the the neighborhood around the houses and i'm trying to track it. oh yeah i'm like sweating i'm like what and the i thought maybe it was her and Cops show up and I'm like, I'm like, I'm tracking her phone, says she's at this address. And they're like, well, that's like two miles down the road. I was like, that's the tennis court. I'm like, okay. So I go inside and said, where's mom? She's going to play tennis with uh, my sister. So it was all for nothing. I don't know what the, what the (laughs) scream was, but I left and you guys were talking about the crickets at the, at the. The deal. I come back, and now y'all are still talking about the the crickets in Colorado. Well,
2: after hearing that story, yeah, that, yeah let's, I have one thing to say. Listen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so y'all going to add a button? Is that what the conversation I missed was? It was, was a, it was a gift. It was a, gift. it was a gift
0: from the crew to Jace, because uh last week he was talking about having some jokes that didn't land in Colorado. So they yeah. got, they brought him today a cricket machine. And, uh, but I, I immediately knew that we could expand that beyond jokes and just stories like you just told that went nowhere. Yeah. That and, don't hit,
3: they just don't hit home. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's like, I thought my wife was That's in trouble
2: way. and she was playing tennis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. or it could have been, as my wife said, she said, babe, maybe you need to entertain the thought that, you're just not funny. <laughs> I said thank you, babe. I love you so much. <laughs> hey, pipe down up behind the walls. Over yeah, yeah. There. I was, was laughing not... at that. I see you don't want to be laughing at that, but I'm I'm so glad I have this now. So I just feel now. Like...
0: So so Zach J- Jace Jason Silas is now like uh, Silas Merritt, who has sound things on the duck car
1: room. Now Jace has a new toy. So make sure the woman that knows everything, and I can't catch her name, but someone gave me a clock <laughs> and this woman would tell me, keep time for me and everything. This this man Alexa. gave me. But it was all There's a, a l- lie. It was a lie. <laughs> there the was a woman, woman who knows everything? Morning, and should tell me what time and she said does, oh, uh, you're talking apply, about uh does not apply. You're talking about uh, <laughs> so what's my name? Just, what's
2: the Alexa?
1: Alexa Alexa. I asked her a question, she couldn't answer. I said, I'm out
2: of here. <laughs> Bill, there's another point to what I'm saying. Here's the world saying we have. you have your God, we have an omniscient computerized <laughs> <We have Alexa. laughs> yep, computerized, generated, all knowing being. So you asked her if she hunted ducks and what did she tell you?
1: Yeah, I asked her if I've got. She said, you know, does not apply. Yeah, yeah. She said, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) How
0: do you not know? That's what dad said. How do you not know? You either hunt or you don't. You either know or you don't. So Alexa was, and then he said, dad says that she asked, of course, dad doesn't hear so well, but he says that she asked him, where was Cy? And then he immediately got paranoid because he said, how does she even know I have a brother named (laughs) Cy? And then he
2: checked her conversion and determined she might be an atheist. So So we'll uh, see how it plays. We we now, uh, we needed this. I think it's going to make a better podcast
3: moving
0: forward. Leave it to the crew to upgrade our facilities with now. It takes
3: a village. It takes a village.
0: You know, do you know how that sound actually? I I learned this from being a preacher, from preacher jokes. Someone told me that, because at our church building, and the when we have a really really hot summer here a lot of times the crickets will come inside our building and get in our baptistry, actually to escape the heat and we've had to we've had to wash them out of the way and we did yeah i've you seen know. it and so uh the sound that that uh, machine makes Jays is the two uh i guess upper um what would you call those um legs of a cricket rubbing together So when you hear that noise, that's their two upper, their forward legs rubbing together. So that's the cricket noise. Just so you know, that's a random fact. So you got that.
2: Great. (laughs) So I know what the draw is to the podcast, and it is the Word of God. And we're fixing to get into my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. Yep. I mean, just think about that. Yeah, mine too. Is it really? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I've told this story so many times. In fact, I was going to bring a book today, and I couldn't find it this morning. There's a book that Kyle Idleman wrote. He's the the lead pastor at Southeast Christian, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, fantastic read, and it's about the prodigal son and about this story. And so, I, I will try to have it on the next podcast. But it uh, this story is so impactful, and it just you know we're going to be setting it up a little bit because there's a lot going on here. It just to sitting around this table, that's Zach and I both were sort of like the youngest brother in the story because we were what I would call Zach short term prodigals. Uh, mm-hmm. In other words, it, it didn't last long, but it was a few years uh, away from God and away from our family. Dad, you were more a long term prodigal because for you it was about 10 years of this lifestyle that's mentioned. Jace, you were not, but you have said before that you relate some in the story from your past into the older brother in the story, which, in my opinion, is really
2: who this parable was aimed at. All three
0: parables, because there's
2: three different Which is the hardest nut to crack, by the way. Exactly. Which, if you do things God's way, you will have less baggage when it comes to morality. I mean, obviously... You don't want to go out there. There's never anywhere in the Bible that promotes the more sin you do. Yeah, the better off you'll be. Yeah, and and yeah. By by contrast, a lot of people who, you know, I go and I speak at Celebrate Recovery a lot, which is <laughs> I know was weird for people at first because they're like, "Well, why would you come here? Because you don't know you maybe. hadn't had the same struggle." The had, right? typical argument against that is. Well you don't know what I've been through. And so which is basically a disarming mechanism not to listen to anything from the word of God, right? I mean, that's just the truth because the point is if that were the case, Jesus would be the worst teacher of all time. This he would be right. disqualified. If you had
0: to if you had to experience a sinful life, Jesus would be the worst teacher ever. Okay. and instead, He's
2: the best teacher ever. So what don't fall it. for that pitiful argument. Yep. It's harder when you do have the older brother tendencies because I've said before, I believe the worst sin is to come out from under is pride. It is yep. because you think you're better than That's everybody right. or you think you can earn your your way to God's favor. And you can be lost and you don't know it. And so I think before we begin this, because this goes down a lot of roads, there's a lot of things here that we're going to discuss. But I think you got to keep in mind the, the main reason that these three stories came out was because of the predicament that Jesus was in, and the Pharisees looked and made this accusation in verse 2. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Because verse 1 says, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. And so here are the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They're, they're muttering. What, Mutter. what, what a word. Mutter. Muttering.
0: In fact, I, I, I have that Greek word somewhere.
2: Um, Why is he
0: with them? The Greek word for this muttered or grumbled, some will say, is "ganguzo." That's that's the Greek word. Which is think about that word, ganguzo, ganguzo, ganguzo. It, it when people the word itself is kind of has that sound, and it reminded me of Dad the story you told when you went to New Zealand and You spoke, and they were kind of giving you the old House of Commons. Oh, yeah, it was like we don't agree with what you're doing.
1: I said, Why are they doing that? And, and the guy that brought me to there said, They don't like what they're hearing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when I preached the gospel
0: in a public setting,
1: what was unique about it to my face inside the building, yeah, they were. What's the word?
0: Ganguzo, 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 ganguzo.
1: So that went down and I said, they're all against me. However, they got a hold of how to get me on the computer. They said, sorry about that. I had to do it because of the people that I was with. They they would have ostracized me forever if I had said, the man is preaching the truth. Or an amen. Or an amen. Yeah. He said, and and there was about ten or fifteen of them that actually got in touch with me, saying, "We're sorry that yeah. we murmured. We, we believe what you say. Yeah. I th- but I th- they th- couldn't announce it because of their fear, right. of being downloaded or, you know, yeah, run off out of, somewhere. Yeah. So
0: uh, I thought about that many times. Let's take another break. So I'm assuming with the Unashamed podcast, we've probably got a lot of gun owners out there, Jace, that listen to us. Is that probably a safe assumption?
2: Second Amendment. It's yep. there for a reason. It's there for a reason. We are lawful
0: uh, in our owning of weapons, but it is constitutional. Uh, one of the things we know is responsible gun owners, especially hunters, if you don't have a clean weapon, uh, then you're not going to have an efficient weapon or a safe weapon. That's very important. And sometimes things will happen in a duck blind or someplace out in the field, uh, and you'll get mud or different things down in your barrel. So our friends at Barrel Buddy uh, have come up with a polymer system to be able to clean your barrels, make sure you get everything out of there. Uh, I've had trouble with that in the past when I was a youngster uh, of not having a clean barrel. It makes a mess, and it is dangerous. So these guys are great, uh, great Christian company, uh, brothers in Christ. We love that about them. Uh, these polymers are white, you see, the ones I'm holding in my hand. there for every gauge of shotgun, uh, every rifle, every pistol. Uh, so you can clean anything that you have. It's white, so you can tell the residue that comes out of it. You know you've gotten it out of there uh, and left it nice and clean. So check these guys out. Hunting season is upon us. Barrelbuddy.com is where you go. B-A-R-R-E-L-buddy.com. Check them out. you've told that story before dad and, and i thought about this setting and jace I, i've always thought this was sort of the concluding point of everything we've been talking about in 13 14 because remember all the settings we've been talking about in the last two chapters have been in a meal setting um you know and there's typically he's used that um, illustration when he's been talking about this and so this again They put into that context because they say it just says they were gathered around it, but they say he even eats with them. Like, and again, we talked about why Pharisees would have dinners; it was to advance their political careers. Yeah,
2: this pride you're talking about was so prevalent, right? And there's Luke 14 that we went over through. Let's see, where was that? 15 through 24, which I've never heard a sermon about that. Right, but. It's basically just the invite, you know. It's like we're going to have a great great banquet, go invite people and all alike verse 18 they begin to make excuses. Now you just think what God is inviting us to. That's why I started off talking about He's in, inviting us to be a part of the greatest kingdom that has ever been and that will ever be. It's a forever eternal but that, kingdom.
1: But there is in verse Twenty-five, the cost of being a disciple.
2: Exactly. It's, it's which it's, is why
1: people your your name no. is on the line, on the line like in New Zealand. Yeah. Well, in America, it's just as bad. Right. A murmur against you. Well,
2: you're right, Phil. The reason people did not want to accept the invitation is because of verses like 14, 33. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has uh, yeah. might be my disciple. Well, that's a deal breaker to me. about no crickets? There is a cost. <laughs> so then, but that's then right. what did he say? He said, well, okay, all these people have excuses. I just bought some oxen. I just, uh, what were the other excuses? I mean, they were they were absurd excuses. I just bought a field and I wanna go look at it. Yeah. What kind of excuse is that? <laughs> this is... You know, I actually used this illustration after my Forever 21 joke didn't go. go, It was a dud. But I said, if someone knocked on the door, your door, and said, congratulations, you've won. I said, what would you say? It was crickets at first, but then I started getting a few answers. And someone said, the first answer, I'm in Colorado, and I'd made fun of him because he didn't duck hunt. So I think. This was their natural response. The first answer I got, now just think about this. I, I give a parable. Someone knocks on your door and says, congratulations, you've won. You could say anything in your imagination. You know what my the first answer I got in Colorado was a gift certificate to there was a sporting to a sporting goods store there that I'd never heard of. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> I said, think bigger. (laughs) And so somebody said, a new car. A new car. Needed this button. (laughs) I I said, you know, how about a million dollars, you know? And then somebody said, yeah, a million dollars. I was like, no, (laughs) how about a hundred million? I mean, I gave you the freedom to say anything in your imagination. It's
0: not hard to imagine a gift certificate to a sporting goods store.
2: (laughs) But really? I said, I'm glad you were honest. Yeah. That's the first thing that popped into your head. And here's Jesus offering you way better gifts. I mean, just let's start going through them. You know, forgiveness, cleanse conscience, eternal relationships. So... But so he's coming up with this in this this banquet setting, and these people are like, "It's the same answers." Oh, I would like to follow you to heaven and be a part of the greatest kingdom. But I just bought a field; I need to go look at it. I just got some oxen; I want to go. I want to go try. Then another said, uh, "I just got married; I can't come." Well, how about bring her? <laughs> bring her to the greatest feast ever. And so then Jesus said, "Go out." I mean, I want my house full. So go out and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and lame. So you get to the next chapter, and here he is eating with tax collectors. And and that word, Jace,
0: the welcomes, it says he welcomes in the NIV. Some of them say receives these sinners. The word komai means to welcome favorably, to look forward to, and to wait for, is what that word means. So, in other words, this is a depth of how he feels about them. It's a love. He, he's receiving and loves these people just like he was receiving them in the kingdom banquet. And I think the big question, when you think about the opening for this is one, why did Jesus feel so comfortable around people who were outcast in their culture and society? One, why? And then why did the other people not want to accept them or be around them? I mean, the the why of this is a big question when you think about it. Why, Why would Jesus be comfortable in this setting, and why are they so uncomfortable? Not only would they not even be around these people, they're uncomfortable that he wants to be around these people. I mean, the why of this is a really big question. When you think about it and you bring it forward into the modern day, why would you not be comfortable around people who are not like you, who don't know Jesus, who don't act the right way, you you say well you're uncomfortable because you know you don't approve of their behavior. I mean, true, but the only way their behavior would change was if somehow I was able to have some sort of impact on them. I, I mean, mean, it's I a mean, big
2: question if you think about what the common thread of these three stories he's fixing to tell in response to this accusation, because these are these are responses in three different ways to. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So if you think about it, if Jesus is the Son of God, which we all believe he is beyond a shadow of a doubt, and that he is God, and you'll see a picture in these three stories of really how the triune God works together, because he almost redefines God in a way as a father figure. And, And you know, Jesus, I think in every reference but maybe one, where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He refers to God as a father. And then you have him himself being accused of fraternizing with the less desirable, desirable people, which is that God became flesh and he came to serve and give his ransom, give himself as a ransom for many. I mean, that, that's why he came. He, he is God's love incarnate in yeah. a human form. And then you say, well, where's the Holy Spirit? Well, in all these three stories, what, what I find fascinating is you find the similarity of something is lost. It's a, it depicts, that's why he's eating. Cause you have a lost sheep, you have a lost coin and you have a lost son. So when you think about that in the response he gave, it starts making sense. He's eating with them cause they're lost. These human beings are lost. If you were the son of God, you came to find them. That's what you're doing. But there's also another common theme, joy. And you say, well, what is the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace. So you you actually kind of see that as the backdrop, which I think is exciting. No, that's
0: good. Let's take another break.
2: So, uh,
0: some breaking news, uh, Jay, Stad, and I have just signed up for the Association of Mature American Citizens. Do you know that, Jay? Does that mean we're old? It means we're old. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, this group, we love. what we love about this group uh, is they're sort of the uh, antithesis of AARP uh, because AARP is still back in Obamacare, gun control, transgender. Uh, they claim to be bipartisan, but... The truth is 95% of their donations went to Democrats last year, so they're not. Uh, But there is a conservative alternative, and it's AMAC uh, that we're all now members of. Uh, They champion right to free speech, religious liberty, Second Amendment. They're the leading conservative advocacy and benefits organization. They defend parent rights and protect children. Uh, They're also fighting to restore America's election integrity as well. So AMAC is pushing back against all these efforts, to whether it's defunding the police, weaken the borders, or corrupting our youth. They have over 2 million members nationwide. They're pro-faith, they're pro-family, and they're pro-freedom. But they can't do it alone. Joining gives you special access to special low rates on cell phones, um, cell phone plans, health, wellness products, travel, lodging, vision, dental, even prescription drugs. So join today. Let's send AARP a strong message that they don't represent conservative seniors. Join AMAC today at amac.us slash unashamed. That's amac.us forward slash unashamed. You know, I thought about just this scene. You remember in the movie, in Jesus' Revolution, I don't know if y'all saw it, but in the movie, it's set in the late 60s, early 70s so the hippie movement is in full force. Dad, you remember it well, you lived in it and you know you're out in California and of course, I, I'm assuming that's where the hippie movement started. I don't you know, most things do start out there. So they wind up coming into this traditional church and it starts with this uh, the actor that plays Jesus on the chosen. he's playing this lead character. He's a hippie. and so the the pastor's daughter meets the guy gives them a ride and then brings them to meet her dad to go to to meet with them at their church. Well, this church is super traditional, you know, typical sixties and seventies, but it didn't be the same today. And so, but all these hippies start coming into this church setting and they're sitting on one side where they look different, they smell different, they act different, but they're all excited to be there. So this pastor's kind of hung because he's up in front of the people on this left half of the people in his congregation they're all looking across the way at the other people just like with a scowl. Like, who are these? Why are they here? Why, why did we let them in here? And they start like giving him grief. They're like, look, they're not, but we're okay. You know, this ain't what we're all about here. These hippies. And yet these other people seem to want to know what he's talking about, Jesus. And so the pivotal scene there in the early part of the film is some people say, well, if they stay here, we're not staying. And this one old man gets up and the pastor thinks he's leaving. Well, he goes over and he sits in with the hippies and puts his arms around him. He's like, I'm with these fellas. And then other people leave. But I thought it really painted a modern picture for that era of exactly what this text is talking about, is when people look different than you, they sound different, they smell different, but they're seeking Jesus. We should be in a mode for like, come on in. You know, which of course was the basis of this whole Jesus revolution that came out of that era. So I thought it was really interesting because it really did paint a a more modern picture of exactly what was happening in this setting. At least in my mind, it did. You know, it made it it very realistic. (laughs) Here's what was that doing on that great point?
3: (laughs) Why did you think I was going to say something? Well, you just
0: had to look like you were going to respond. (laughs) <laughs> I, I brought up a movie you're a movie mogul <laughs> i've never seen that movie i guess i knew well, I figured it. y'all didn't that's why i was saying if you had zach saw it because i saw I, it with i'm it. always I ca- so, yeah. I, it always
2: scares me when i see a movie that has something jesus in the title from hollywood because i'm like oh boy yeah
0: you know but it was really really good and in fact in there in that movie um Greg Lowry, who's a great evangelist out in California who helped start a lot of stuff out there in his baptism scene. It was powerful. Like it was on dad's baptism scene in the blind because like I cried. I mean, I was like when he renewed his life, cause he had a rough background had a rough upbringing and that all that he saw and all this setting with what I'm talking about with the hippies and the, accepting people and loving people that aren't like you really is what shaped that guy. And dad, you and I have done a couple of things with him before, and he's tremendous, you
2: know, so the movie's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, big. I think most people that come and, and you're sharing Jesus with them and we've all had those moments. I mean, I, I remember having a study, you know, with a guy, he was a, he was a male prostitute and basically his argument was, which I mean, he came to my house and sat down and was willing to listen. It's like, well, there's no way I can be in on this. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? This whole, everything Jesus did was welcoming people just like you right. to his banquet. right? He's like, what? Because <laughs> he expected, because people have an aura about religious people, which is where they get this, is because the Pharisees are muttering. Well, why is he associating with people like this? I mean, which granted, Jesus is not, died yet and but that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt god's love for all human people that he died for the sin of everybody i think there's just a disconnect with us so when he tells the first story about suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it i mean before we even get to what he's saying we as humans gravitate towards being the 99 we're never the one we're like oh well yeah that poor sheep you know but it's not me not gonna happen to me i mean this kind of goes back to luke 13 when you have this tragedy come up and they're accusing jesus of why do bad things you know happen to good people because you know Pilate had sacrificed you know worshipers in a in a horrific way and jesus He doesn't even answer the question. He brings up another random tragedy. He's like, "What about the eighteen people that got killed when the tower fell on them?" And so he's like, "Well, what was his point?" His point was very radical. He said, "You need to repent (laughs) before something bad happens to you. Life is fragile. That's what that means." He he did the same thing earlier. You know, speaking of cost of following Jesus, remember when he said. The guy, on one of the excuses on why he wasn't going to follow Jesus, he's like, well, I got to go. My dad just died, and I got to go to the funeral. And Jesus says something very uncomfortable. He's like, go let the dead bury their own dead, but you go proclaim the will of God. It just seems like he's not compassionate in that moment, but what he's doing is he's telling you the truth. Right. The truth is, just because you're a pretty good person doesn't mean something tragic is not going to happen to you. If you believe that, that's just a lie. The truth is, we're all the one. We're all the one. And the last time I preached this somewhere, you know, I, I came up with an illustration that the people who are registered to vote who who didn't vote, if those people would have voted for you or me we would be the president of the united states and my point was you forget the power of each individual because there's so many people around right i mean just think about it. everybody gripes about who's president and, and whatever if all the people who didn't vote, who were registered, would have voted to any, voted for any one of us, we would be yeah. the president. It's it just shows me. you you don't think your vote matters. You don't think you matter. You don't think you're the one. You don't think it's going to happen to you. And somewhere, the power in in the I story think of what Jesus, I think you've tapped into it. Let's take our last break.
0: I think you tapped into it, Jay. It's the major theme of all three of these parables is the value that God, the Creator, had puts on an individual, any individual.
2: That's why the I mean, the, that's, the door really is, is the narrow. Yeah, it's because it's the the door is actually a person named Jesus, and we come to him one at a time. And I think that's the big excuse the world gives against religion. There's like you know. And I've heard it a million times. They're like, oh, so God created all this universe and all these planets, and we can't even see it in a telescope. And you think that big of God is worried about little old me, uh, uh, the equivalent of a grain of sand on the seashore? But that's what they're thinking. That, that's what we have to have the conversation with, with people who don't have a relationship with God, because that is their argument. They're like, no way. They they dismiss it. He if he's that big, he can't be worried about me. Yeah. And you like, well, how about Luke fifteen? Because <laughs> here that's basically what Jesus is indirectly destroying in that argument. That's why I'm sitting at this table. Right. That's
0: exactly right. And, and the value that he puts there. Let's read the rest of that uh context, because it says, does he not leave the ninety nine in the open uh to go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And he's saying that as a as a a, uh, You know, the rhetorical question, right? The answer would be, of course, he would. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. So the, here's the concept of joy
2: that's going to be throughout these stories as well. Oh, it's easily missed. Yeah. Exactly. Look, it is a major pillar. Because just think about it. Going back to my illustration about someone knocking on the door and saying, What would bring you joy? And most of us go with something earthly. That's our first response. Well, you know, I just got a bill for whatever. It'd be nice if somebody knocked on the door and said, look, I'm going to pay that big, you know, I'm going to get you out of debt. um, That's where we think real joy lies because it shows by our daily life. That's what we're getting upset about. That's what we're having arguments with our wife about. Or, I mean, what are the number one arguments in marriage? Usually something to do with money or the lack thereof. And he's talking about joy, And it's going to happen over and over. Rejoice, joy, rejoice. Not only on earth, but in heaven. There's joy in heaven. Oh, man, that's when something is lost that is found. And and when you start, when you you go back to the original statement, there's joy in heaven over a sinner that repents. I mean, just think about how moving that is. I, I just imagine, you know, every time based on what I've read here, Every time someone comes to the Lord and we're clapping and we sing and there's tears, all these things, the people that know them, but thinking about heaven celebrating in those moments one after another, I mean, it's very inspiring. So we had a, we had
0: a service recently, an assembly where, uh, and I think y'all were both there, uh, where it was a men's retreat and this was their first Sunday at the end of the retreat. And a lot of people had made a lot of life commitment change and, I remember I walked over to one of our buddies, Gary Glenn, who was on our podcast a uh, while back when we were studying Romans. And I said, well, what do you think about this, Gigi? And he said, I'm addicted to change lives. <laughs> and I thought, what a great line. Because we were both joyful about the morning. You remember they had the bell up front, and a lot of times the guys would ring the bell signifying that they had made a commitment to Christ. And so everybody would clap and cheer every time that bell went off. And it was just a symbol, but it was a really powerful one because it does show you that if there's rejoicing here, what do you think is happening in heaven, according to Jesus in this context? So, Well, let's read it. Yeah, is that in verse 7? Yeah. And and when he finds it, he joyfully puts the lamb, the sheep, on his shoulder, and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. There it is again, James. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Now this is a quite a statement at the end of this, than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. And which is interesting that you know Jesus makes that statement because we know. I mean, he's saying, "Wait a minute! Is, is he saying there's righteous people?" Apart from him, and which is a big theological question that comes out of this context.
2: Exactly. And there's a lot of ways to read this. Right. So you know, some people think he's being sarcastic at the Pharisees. Yep. You know, who thinking they don't need to right. repent. Yes. But at some point we know if you read the rest of the Bible, and you gotta remember this is a parable on why he's eating with tax collectors and sinners, because he's after each individual. But at some point, we all as adults have to repent. Yep. So, and there's now, plenty of other
0: passages in the Bible that let us know there's no one righteous, not even one, right? Romans yeah. 3 and a lot of other passages. So, it's, so, he's definitely not making a theological statement here. So, whatever right. he was doing to illustrate his point, I think to Jason's point earlier, the overarching thought is he's talking about the one versus the collective. Because the Pharisees were more more concerned about the collective. What are people thinking? How are people viewing this oh, situation? Exactly. Or that? It's always is, about the collective instead of the one.
2: This is the greatest news on earth. I mean, this is something you could stand up and preach on, no matter what you've done, where you're from. He loves you. Yeah, he's after you. Not not your buddy next to you cuz we always do that. He's like, if you're in if you're in a church service and you're hearing a great sermon and you're thinking of all the people that you're glad that's in the audience that this message is going to I would I would I would take a moment and pause and say, "Well, what about you that's because right. <laughs> that's what we tend to do as human beings because we're depending on our self righteous but the good news that is great news it's inspiring. The bad news is he tells a story that relates us to sheep, which I will present is the one of the top ten dumbest animals <laughs> on the planet." That's right. <laughs> And help, they're so dumb. And helpless. They have to have a shepherd. So, I, I mean, I think we need to talk about that because there, there's a truth in there somewhere. You know why he picked the sheep uh, up and put it on his shoulder? You know why? Probably so it wouldn't run off again. <laughs> it's so dumb that it's not like a dog. It won't follow you back home. It doesn't say, oh, great, I've been worried about it. I'm finally back where I'll get food. No, it'll run off even – you literally have to pick him up. And I've done so many research, done so much research on, on sheep. I mean, because you know what the one of the most common deaths of sheep are? Or is, I forget how I said that, uh, is – they will. They're just because they're they're constantly just following their appetite, right. which I think there's message in there somewhere, and they'll get up on the side of a mountain that's not safe. In, in the in the quest for grass, and they'll get out there and they're not aware of their surroundings and just fall off the mountain and die. <laughs> <laughs> Over what? some grass the when next you, bite you realize how much grass there is on the earth That's and funny. you have to go i mean and when you get in the different kinds of sheep even when i was in colorado i mean we almost had a car wreck because people were looking at these whatever they call them rock yeah. horn yeah sheep that, or whatever the, uh, ones with the horns on them yeah yeah they're up on the just you're looking you're like how f- physics wise did they get up to the top of this mountain and are just barely hanging on? And I said, that just proves one thing. Sheep are dumb. (laughs) We need a shepherd. (laughs) Because there's way more grass down the flatland than up in the mountain.
0: All right, we're out of time, but uh, we're just getting cranked up onto a great uh, chapter, Luke 15. So read ahead, do a little study, and be ready for us. We'll talk about some more in overtime. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash unashamed is where we'll do that. So we'll see you there